to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at the basics of dining at Disney, how much more money you should expect to pay in the theme parks, character meals, when you should be making reservations, and tips to save you money. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with someone or left us some positive feedback on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere where you find this podcast. Connect with us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to go over. You can also find us on Twitter at WDWDeciphered or find our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Sykes. And welcome back. So, Leslie, when you are at Disney World Parks, would you say that you typically spend most of your time eating like kind of in the Disney bubble or do you try to get out? How do you kind of try to break that down? I'm, you know, I I probably stay within the Disney bubble, um, but I'm not a huge eater. I don't really seek out food as like my first choice of entertainment at Disney parks. What about you? The bottom line is you can save a lot of money by not eating inside the Disney parks or even hotels. But, you know, I just find you know, with my young kids, it's just easier to eat inside the Disney bubble. We can get to some ways to save money on eating inside the Disney bubble later. But yep, today we want to talk about just dining inside the Disney bubble. And so let's start with this. As we talked about in our um, Disney World for Disneyland regulars episode, dining reservations are kind of a big deal at Walt Disney World. You can make them 180 days in advance. But let's start by talking about, you know, there are kind of basically two different types of restaurants at Disney World, uh, counter service and sit down. So, you know, can you explain to us the difference between those two? Sure. So counter service, also sometimes called quick service, are basically Disney's answer to fast food, but, you know, they are usually quite (laughs) nicer than McDonald's, I would say. You order at a counter, you go sit down at your own table. So it's sort of you help yourself and they're priced more cheaply, but I would say for the most part, not cheap than table service, which are just like what they sound like, where you sit down and you have a waiter or waitress who serves you and you order and it's all refined and all that good stuff. But yeah, those are the two major types of dining at Disney. I mean, in addition, of course, to the snack carts where you can grab your churros and Dole Whips and turkey legs and all those kind of things. And then to further break down table service, some restaurants at Disney World are table service in the sense that there's a menu and you know your the cast member will come and take your order and you decide what you want to eat but then there are also other table service restaurants or they're considered table service restaurants that are basically buffets either buffets or buffet like experiences so you know for example there's beer garden which is at the germany pavilion in epcot you know that's a buffet you know you pay a flat rate and kind of eat all you care to enjoy and then there's also ohana which is a buffet like experience in the sense that that's uh, at the Polynesian, where they bring food to you out on plates. And again, it's eat as much as you can enjoy. They'll keep bringing stuff out to you. But yeah, it's definitely important to make that distinction between like menus and buffets. That's true. That's true. I've eaten in Ohana fairly recently, and they kind of they bring the buffet to your table. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a hybrid. But yeah, that's right to make that distinction. Not, not every restaurant is going to have the same experience. So I think it's always really important to read up on the specific restaurant that you're planning to go to and especially the specific meal, because sometimes things are different at breakfast than they are at dinner, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Using Ohana again, as an example for brunch, you know, they have, it's a character meal. There are characters that come to your table. Whereas for dinner, there is no character. There's 
some light entertainment, although I've heard that they've cut down on that recently. Um, but that's something that you need to know. Speaking of characters, you know, a big part of Disney dining is character meals. So, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's, why don't you just tell us, you know, what is a character meal? What can people expect if they're going to a Disney World character meal? Sure. You know, I said I'm not much of a, of a dining aficionado at Disney World, but I am a big fan of character meals because they kind of kill two birds with one stone. You can go have your food and for not much more money than would be at a you know any table service restaurant. You can also meet a lot of characters, get a lot of photos, see, um, you know, get a lot of autographs if your kids are into that at that stage. So it's, it's a chance to combine your dining and getting your character interactions all at one time. And there are, you know, some character meals at Disney World that are really some of the hardest to get reservations that are really hot. Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary is always one of the top ones on the list. But yeah, I always try to make time for a character meal when I go with my kids, just because it saves me so much time from having to wait in line for characters in the parks when we'd rather be riding and doing other things. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of saving stress and saving time, using a character meal is just a great thing to do at Disney World. You kind of have to eat anyway, but if you have young kids like I do, or maybe even older kids who want to see the characters, for example, you know, meeting Mickey Mouse at Town Square Theater in Magic Kingdom, you know, those wait times can be upwards of 45 minutes if you don't have a fast pass. Whereas, you know, if you can get that Chef Mickey's reservation, you know, you wait five to 10 minutes to sit down and then Mickey comes around and along with the rest of the Fab Five, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, and Donald. So it's just a great way to kind of cut down the amount of time that your kids are waiting in line and, you know, they get to meet characters all the same, you know, and so my kids love doing character meals. Now's a good time to get into what you're paying extra for at Disney. So usually at character meals, you know, you're paying even a little bit more than you might pay at a regular Disney restaurant. So for example... I want to say last time I went to Beer Garden for lunch, this is a regular buffet, no character. I think it was maybe around $30 or so, whereas Chef Mickey's with the characters was like $35. I mean, you can always expect to pay a little bit more for a character meal. But besides characters, you know, why do you think Disney food costs more? I guess it's a simple answer. Well, I mean, you know, the Disney markup. But that said, I mean, you know, I'm from, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. You're from Boston. I'm used to good dining costing a bit more. And I don't find the prices at Disney to be shockingly high for vacation. When I go to other theme parks, I do find the prices to be shockingly high. Like I I just can't even believe I'm paying, you know, $13 for a slice of pizza other places. Disney's not that bad. And the food is pretty good, all things considered. Like I I regularly pay a lot more for eating out like in Hawaii than I do at Disney World. So it doesn't it doesn't shock the conscience for me. But if you're used to maybe from a smaller town, you know, you don't have a lot of fine dining restaurants, I think it can really shock the conscience. And it certainly did for my dad from Alabama the first time we went. Even though I think at face value, the sticker prices don't shock me. Uh, or maybe they don't shock me anymore because I've gotten used to them. You know, I will say that the thing that I have noticed with Disney dining is that just it adds up quickly, I guess, is, um, you know, the best way to put it. I guess, you know, I'm not eating out all the time at home. So at least if my wife has anything to say about it. So, you know, I'm not seeing those kinds of bills hit all the time. Whereas at Disney, especially if you're trapped inside the Disney bubble eating, you know, you don't have a car or whatever, or you just choose to do that. The bill does add up pretty quickly when you are eating on site. 
No, I totally agree. I mean, that's that's an important distinction to make. If you're going to be eating out all three meals within the Disney bubble, it is going to shock your conscience. But I mean, I've, I've taken so many Disney World vacations. I don't think I've really ever done that. So this is probably a good time to talk about ways that we can save money on dining at Disney because my my best strategy is that I always stock the fridge in the Disney hotel rooms for with snacks and with breakfast foods and try to at least save around the, the margins at the very least. What about you, Joe? The biggest recommendation I would make in terms of saving money is, I guess I have two. You know, my first is utilize a food or grocery delivery service like Amazon Prime Now, for example. You can get it delivered to your Disney resort. You pay a $5 fee to your Disney resort to pick it up. Although I don't even remember if I saw that hit my invoice last time. But, you know, assume that you're going to pay a $5 fee, but you'll save a lot that way. For us, that works really well because we can buy breakfast items. We can eat breakfast before we leave for the parks. Um, you know, we can also buy things like soda and snacks, you know, which we can save a lot of money on um, for the kids. You know, kids always need goldfish and things like that. So I would say getting some grocery delivery and uh, stocking your fridge and, you know, Disney World hotels are great. The fridges are always empty. So, you know, you can use all that space in the mini fridge for your food. That's one great way to save money. The other thing I would say is another way to save money is, you know, it is possible to get away with only eating two meals at Disney, especially if you go to one of these character meal buffets. You know, let's say you go for brunch at like 10 or 11 o'clock. You have a ton to eat. Usually that can tide you over all the way until dinner and you're not paying for three meals. Yeah, I do. I do all of the above. I'm a big fan of the late brunch character meal, more generally speaking, because I always want to hit the parks and ride rides at rope drop when lines are shorter. So that kind of does double duty. Like you get more rides and you save money on food. Yeah. I always just try to, well, one thing that my family likes to do, given the age of our kids, I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old is we share meals a lot, especially if we're going to counter service restaurants. Like my four-year-old can't eat a whole kid's meal at Disney World. So, you know, maybe we'll let him and his sister split a little bit, you know, big sister will eat off our plate some. So we can usually get away with ordering maybe two adult meals and one kid's meal or three adult meals for our family of four and not have any wasted food. Because we found that if we did order two kids meals and two adult meals, we had leftover food every time. So that's another strategy. Look at like what the the menu has and realistically, if you have younger kids, what they actually will eat, because my son will pretty much make goldfish a meal sometimes. Highly nutritious, highly nutritious. No judgment, Joe, no judgment. No judgment. The other thing I'll say is you do have to bear that in mind when you do the any um, buffet meal or buffet type meal at Disney World table service, you will have to pay for any child above the age of three. Uh, it's a child price, but you have to pay for them regardless. And, you know, I just have too much of a guilty conscience to lie about my kids' ages, although, you know, I'm pretty sure that, Cast members won't call you out on it, but personally, I don't feel comfortable doing that, which means once my kids turn three, you know, I'm paying for the child rate for them, which is, you know, usually like $25 for one of those buffet type meals. So if you are trying to save money, sometimes it is better to go with, you know, one of those menu type meals um, because you can share food, like you're saying, Leslie. This is another good point to insert. A lot of people think about using the Disney dining plan. Um, There are different dining plans that it's just too much to go into right now, but they're dining plans that just give you credits for counter service, quick service. And then there are 
dining plans that, you know, have a mix between quick service and table service. Anyway, the bottom line is usually you don't save money using the dining plan. There are some edge cases where you can save money. And I've written a post about that, that I can include in the notes, but for the most part, you don't save money using the dining plan. However, if you're a family that likes to upfront your costs and not worry about it when you're there, you usually can break even with a dining plan if you do enough work. So, you know, that's something to consider, but it's usually not as good a deal as people think it might be. Yeah, agreed. I'm not, I'm not a, pl- a fan of the dining plan myself because I find it encourages overeating. You know, you end up feeling like you have to go eat a fancy meal when maybe you're just sick of sitting down, <laughs> at least with the, the higher end dining plan. You know, it just kind of encourages you to overindulge at Disney and, and not feel great necessarily at the end of your vacation, which is not how I want to be. You know, again, we aren't huge foodies, so we're not making a food a priority in my family. And if you aren't either, don't succumb to the Disney foodie peer pressure. I think that's one thing is that you know people hear from their friends that like, oh, you've got to try this restaurant, you've got to try that restaurant. But if food isn't your thing, you don't have to make it a priority at Disney World. That's you know the advantage of going to a place that has anything and everything for you to choose from. That's right. All right. So before we close out, uh, you know, I'm gonna close out with two things. Why don't we first? just discuss really quickly, since we have talked so much about the character meals, do you have a favorite character meal that you would recommend to people? I wouldn't say that I've tried enough of them at Disney World to have a favorite favorite. I'll at least leave here an underrated one that I really enjoyed. And that is Minnie's Beach Bash Breakfast at Cape May Cafe, which is the restaurant at the Beach and Yacht Club. That one is just kind of flies under the radar. I think it doesn't get the top billing of maybe Ohana or Chef Mickey's, but I like Beach and Yacht Club a lot as a deluxe resort for young families and got to join my sister and her three-year-old at the time there. And it was just very low key, some fun characters dressed in their boating best, uh, Daisy, Donald, some of those types of Fab Five characters. And we uh, we really had a good a good time there without it being the scene, I would say, that some of the other character dining places are. What about you, Joe? And I will say, if you're interested in going to Cape May Cafe, do know that that's one of those restaurants where you know the characters only come out for breakfast. So if you go for dinner, uh, there won't be characters there. If you, get, you gave an underrated one, I think I'll give an overrated one, which is... Akershus, or I'm not sure if I, I never pronounced that one correctly, but it's in Norway, um, right next to the Frozen Ride and the Epcot Pavilion. It's probably the kind of cheapest, quote unquote, character meal you can get with princesses. It's way cheaper than, say, dining in the castle at Cinderella's Royal Table. But, you know, I just found the food to kind of be mediocre. Uh, the princesses were great. And, you know, my daughter really enjoyed meeting them, but, you know, the food just kind of wasn't good enough to justify it. Um, you know, I went for breakfast. So I would say that's kind of an overrated one. Yeah, I started hearing that review a lot lately. I think it, the the restaurant became more popular when people were using reservations as a way to get early access into Frozen Ever After. <laughs> and then people discovered, hey, the food's not so good. There you go. I haven't luckily never had a kid who's had a crazy princess stage. So we have not had to dine there yet. You probably dodge that then. I think so. Unless my four-year-old son suddenly succumbs to it. It's, all things are possible. Yeah. So I had an inappropriate joke that I will not say. <laughs> all right. So uh, we kind of purposely left this off because we want to do another episode about this. But really quickly, talk to us about kind of the Disney dining reservation windows and you know what it means and why you kind of have to reserve your dining in advance. Yes. So Disney dining 
reservations open 180 days in advance of your vacation. That is a really, really long time to know where you want to eat dinner. But that's when people start making reservations for some of the hottest hottest reservations, the Victoria and Alberts and the Cinderella's Royal Table, those kind of reservations. That said, you know, you can definitely plan and get dining reservations much closer into time. The key is just, in my opinion, persistence. Just keep checking because people cancel and change their plans all the time. And you can often hop in, especially if you aren't a huge family. Yeah, again, I don't I don't lose any sleep over it. If I can't get the dining reservation that I've been dying to get, there are a ton of other choices at Disney World and I figure I'll just have to go back. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Generally I I don't I don't think there's ever been a dining reservation that I've wanted that I haven't been able to get via like sheer brute force. I will recommend, you know, there's a website called Touring Plans, which is very useful for a lot of reasons, but they also have a dining reservation finder where they'll actually send you a text when you know, whatever reservation you say you're searching for opens and you can search for up to two and it's free because it's free. Touring plans has sort of buried it on its website. But if you Google touring plans, dining reservation finder, it'll be the first thing that comes up. So I usually use that to get hard to get reservations and is kind of like, as soon as you get the text, you got to log in and book it immediately. And so I usually miss like the first two or three times I get notifications. But as long as I do it far enough in advance, I usually am able to get most of the reservations that I want. That's good to hear. I'm going to have to add that one to my rotation. I haven't felt the need to use it yet, but at some point I will. Yeah. I think the thing is, you know, there are so many restaurants that you should be able to find something that you will like and enjoy, even if you don't get kind of like your top, top choice. That's true. All right. So uh, I think that about does it for this episode. If you have any questions, you can always email us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at www.deciphered or find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Other than that, thanks again, Leslie. Thanks, Jeff.